But the main thing with presentations is that less is more. And this is a problem even I've, I've had with other creative people and even agencies where they just want to say so much. They want to put so much copy on a slide. And the, the whole point of a presentation is communication. Three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Do Marketing Differently podcast presented by Go Rogue X. My name is Brian Fitton, and on this podcast, we try to help you out with tips and tricks and help you do marketing just a little bit differently to help you stand out from the crowd. Right, Lauren? That is correct. That's Lauren Lewis, our awesome co-host here. Hey. Uh, we are going to dive into some really cool things today with our guest, Nicole Hamilton. How's it going, Nicole? Doing good. How are you guys? Good. This is your second time on the podcast, yes. right? Oh, yes. That's right. We got a two-timer coming back. We are in a new studio space, too. So if you're not watching with us, you can totally uh, jump on YouTube or Facebook. We have all the video up there and uh, obviously on the blog, too. I got to give a shout out to the blog. Correct. Um, but uh, yeah, we're really excited to be back with you guys uh, to be discussing presentations and design. And uh, Nicole, on our last, we, we've worked with Nicole a little bit, and she uh, she said, hey, I used to des- design a lot of things in PowerPoint. And we're like, PowerPoint? What is that? <laughs> uh, so I'm really excited to talk about presentations and really what we can use in different design tools, but you know, specifically around PowerPoint and all the cool stuff. We've, if you've not seen Nicole's work, it's amazing. So oh, I'm really, you. really excited to jump into that topic. But before we do, before we do... Before we do. (laughs) What do we like to do on the show? Each week we like to ask, what are you obsessed with this week? So starting with our guest, Nicole, what are you obsessed with this week? Okay, so I had to think about this kind of long and hard, but um, we're all podcast fans. Yes. And uh, one of my favorite podcasts is Junk Food Cinema. And it is uh, co-hosted by a screenwriter and a film critic. Okay. And they talk about junk food movies. So um, movies that we love but aren't necessarily high art or critically, you know, successful. And um, they're currently doing a three-part series on Last Action Hero. (laughs) (laughs) So way longer than the actual movie is. Yes, yes, which I personally think is a really underrated movie. Uh, I loved it when I was a kid, but it's just, it was like critically panned and basically everybody thinks it's like... Arnold's worst movie. Just silly. You know? uh, yeah. yeah. So I was really happy um, to see that it's getting some love. And uh, I've listened to two out of the three parts and uh, so far so good. So nice. check that out if you like, uh, you know, junky movies and or movie podcast. It's really good. That's awesome. That's awesome. That yeah. Awesome. So the uh, especially with that, I always get the two confused with Jingle All the Way because it becomes a kind of the superhero at the end of it. But yeah. <laughs> it was kind of mash in my mind. It's been forever since I've seen that movie, but so good. What about you, Lauren? What are you obsessed with? So I have been watching this show, and I'm, it's definitely not critically acclaimed either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's called Cursed. It's a Netflix original. Um, it is like a spin on King Arthur a little bit. Um, so it's about like 10 episodes long, and it's kind of trying to tell like – some kind of tale within the legend of King Arthur, but they're taking a lot of license on it. Um, <laughs> and um, I enjoy like sci-fi and fantasy. So this was kind of just one of those fun, interesting uh, Netflix originals. They've been working really hard on some of their content. And so it's cool to see them like the set work and everything that they've been doing. I mean, it, it shows like a mastery level, but um, 
I still wouldn't be like, this is the best thing ever. But it's been very entertaining. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, in honor of our guest today, who also has an awesome podcast, uh, what, what is the name of your podcast, Nicole? It is the Kiroskiro Horror Podcast. Love it. And we talked about that on a previous episode. We didn't find that episode number. Yes. Send that out. So, uh, but in honor of you, I was actually thinking about this because I was like, what am I have been like really into this week? And I swear I'm going to start an A24 film podcast review, just A24 films and just walk through basically from their first one, which I'm trying, I forgot now, but all the way through uh, their current stuff. Uh, we watched The Witch the other night again. I haven't okay. seen that in a long time. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love The Witch. Uh, we watched. Um, Lighthouse, actually, with your husband. Yes. Uh, which oh was boy. phenomenal. Oh, yeah. So if I can... Oh, man. I got Nicole kind of... see. Okay, good. I'm headed down the right path. But anyway, we've been, been into the weirder of yeah. the just movies. And I just have an appreciation for Robert Eggers. That's his name. Who directed yes. and wrote... Both of those, yes, actually. the Witch and the Lighthouse, and the, yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even mean to make that comparison, but those are kind of where we're going. So I'm like really into some crazy movies right now. So, Well, if you ever did that podcast, people would love it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. A24 well, has like a really big uh, following for good reason. Yeah. I think people would be all into that. Yeah. We need to do that. Okay. Because <laughs> I Next have some hobby. time. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, so if you guys reach out to us, let us know what you're obsessed with, too. We're always trying to figure out new movies or TV shows or tools or anything like that that we can uh, we can dive into with you. So make sure you let us know. Hit us up yes. on Instagram. This is your call to action this week. Follow us on Instagram. Go Rogue X. Make sure you guys are out there following us and let us know. Yep. All right. So let's dive into our awesome topic today. Uh, Lauren, kick us off here. Sure. <laughs> slide the paper. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're going to be talking a little bit about making a spectacular presentation. And I think um, we typically get stuck in a lot of our ways that we do that, that there's only one way to do that. And I think one of the things that Brian and I discovered through Nicole um, is that you can use some pretty old school tools, but you can use them in a modern way, which is why we wanted to talk to you. So she had done some amazing design work and wanted to show us what she had done for us, sent it over. And we were like, this video animated video is phenomenal. We love it. And then she was (laughs) so simple. It was like very simple, very clean. We were like, it was so impressive. We were able to send it to one of our clients. They were like, this looks great. And then she was like, yeah, through PowerPoint. And I said, is that even a thing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tell us a little bit about utilizing those tools for like graphic design and also for presentation. So most designers will tell you that they hate Microsoft products, you know. And in particular, like most designers don't really know how to use PowerPoint. Um, But I worked for an agency for about a year that used almost exclusively PowerPoint and Keynote because they built presentations for high-level, high-technology Fortune 500 companies. And these companies, they have these big giant conferences in front of thousands of people or even just within their own staff. They have these huge gatherings and they have to have really slick, really effective presentations. And so the best way to do that is still... PowerPoint or a keynote if you're on a Mac. We use that way less, but sometimes still got to use it because when you send it to the client, they need to be able to still edit the content. Mm. So 
putting something together that looks as good as possible but is still usable on the client end is really important. That's tough because, I mean, you're not sending, like even with just general clients, you're not sending them an Illustrator file like so they can make exactly. their own changes. Exactly. You you basically cement it and you're like, okay, here it is. Like don't touch it. You can't change anything about it. But if right. it is a presentation because presentations change right up until – I mean, you go live. I mean, that's exactly. a lot of times that's what happens. So that is that is interesting. So it's it's really it's working from the end in mind where you're kind of going backwards, like what makes it easier for our clients to be able to edit this stuff? Most of them, I'm assuming if you're an executive role, you're not in keynote, you're not in anything. And if you're an administrative assistant helping that executive, exactly. most of the time you're probably going to be in yeah. Microsoft. So exactly. that's interesting. And okay. what I that found too is that like when I first took the job, I wasn't like super jazzed about. I was like, how's this going to go? But I was also like, well, it's a challenge mm-hmm. and it'll be something new. And I really came to kind of love it um, because you do have to. It's my my art director at the time was like, it's not a design tool. It's just not, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so we uh, the whole team, we would kind of share tips and tricks of, you know, how to make it work for designers, even though it wasn't intended for designers. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. So now are you running both a Windows machine and a, and an Apple machine, two different laptops? Are you? Nope. So you can get PowerPoint, obviously, on different. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like you would have like Word or Excel or whatever yeah. on your Mac. PowerPoint, there's a version for Mac as well. And when you save it out on your Mac, you can still open it in Windows, like it's not around Microsoft. Yeah, just the file type or whatever. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. That's actually, I mean, again, on this podcast, we always try to figure out different ways to do things mm-hmm. because not, I mean, just because you use Adobe for most things, a lot of times, even with clients we've worked with, I mean, sending them a PDF or a PNG or a JPEG of something, it just depends on what their level of understanding how to use those, right. um, you know, that creative. And so uh, that's pretty cool. So I'm interested too of how even going into like some of the design aspect of like, are you are you creating outside of that and then putting into PowerPoint or are you uh, creating inside of PowerPoint some of the animations and different things like that? It's kind of a hodgepodge and it kind of depends too on what your goal is. So like you said, I sent you guys like some design comps mm-hmm. for your clients and I had actually never done done that through PowerPoint before, but just because I had never worked with you guys and I wanted to present it in the, like a really just like cohesive way, um, I thought, you know, I think I'm going to just use PowerPoint to do this. I haven't done it in a while and let's just, you know, let's see how yeah. it goes. And um, obviously it worked out. Yes. <laughs> um, so it definitely depends on, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. But for the most part, everything is designed elsewhere and then pulled into PowerPoint as like an image or an object or whatever. And then uh, all the animation, though, is within PowerPoint. Wow. That's awesome. Well, um, we've we've we're big fans of camera, Canva mm-hmm. and cameras. Um <laughs> Uh, but Canva in general has done a great job with really making graphic design easier for somebody mm-hmm. to understand who is not a designer. Uh, but we did try to use that for presentations mm-hmm. and use some of the animation, some of the video aspects in there. And there was just like any kind of web program, there's not a lot of control. Right. So, Lauren, what was that experience like? <laughs> I think it's interesting. Um, actually, um, on one of our podcasts later this month, we're going to be chatting a little bit about um, – Canva's live presentation tool that they've now mm. rolled out. So I bet it would be better yeah. this time around. So um, this is a prequel to the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think also as video editors, we're so used to being able to like work on a timeline. So we're able to split everything to the second. And so the fact that we had no control over when the image was going to 
mysteriously fade away yeah. was a little <laughs> bit frustrating. Yeah. Um, well, and even the preview, I think, too, of us trying to like, yeah. oh, we previewed it and it looks great. But then when you're giving the presentation, the end screen is something that you, you know, you have to yeah. adjust your colors and different things like that for yeah. it wherever it lands. And that was a, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. So which is actually a really good question. Um, we, with the rise of technology, you know, a lot more graphic design tools are getting in the hands of rookies. Mm-hmm. And so, which is like <laughs> exciting, but also it's like, there's there's a reason graphic designers exist. Right. Right. So Canva would be a great one. I, I really wanted to know of your opinion of like, do you love it or hate it? And what advice can you give for like specifically like business owners who are trying to do a little bit of their own graphic design work? Um, I personally have never used Canva because okay. I've never had the need, you know? Yeah. Um, but I've heard more and more clients over the past couple of years keep bringing it up. And so I feel like it's got to be a valuable tool. And um, I think anything that's going to help a non-graphic designer make their brand look good, I think is always going to be a good thing. Um, I think the problem might come in when you try to use Canva for things it wasn't intended for. Um, and then when you can't get it to do what you want it to do or it's not achieving your goal, you don't call your graphic designer and you yeah. just wing it. Yeah. Um, because a tool like that, as you said, it's going to have limitations. It's not a professional design tool. It's just supposed to be you know, something simple to assist you. So when you get to that threshold where you're feeling like this isn't, what I need, that's where you need to like maybe put it down and call your designer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also think Canva probably works best when you have strong brand guidelines. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because when you are not a designer, the less choices you have to make, the better off you're going to be. Yep. So if you already know, okay, I, I'm only working with these colors, I'm only working with these fonts, and especially if you have a designer that's given you some templates. Or if Canva has some templates that, oh, that looks like my branding. Like, just pick the things that look like your brand and stick with it. And don't feel like, oh, I've done four posts with this template. I need to do something more fancy. Nope. You just need to stay the course. Because even designers, we design brands. A year later, we get bored. Yeah, yeah. Another designer that's never seen it will tell you it's amazing and it's so cool. And you're like, I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm kind of done with it, you know? Yeah, So, and and brands do need to be freshened up from time to time. But if, yeah, if you're a business owner, if you're a novice and you're just trying to stay polished, like, you just need to follow your brand guidelines and, you know, don't try too hard to go outside (laughs) your wheelhouse. Yeah. I think that, if anything, I think it's made people understand the appreciation for a designer too, and just design elements and design guidelines and Mm -hmm. what proper design actually looks like. Because you see these things, you're like, oh, I could do that. And then when you actually get into it, we've had a lot of people even just that say that like, well, it's not exactly following what you're doing and you're using five different types of fonts on one post. And now you're doing, you know, like one element and it just, I think it kind of, we always kind of go back to, because I'm bad about this, I'm like, all of the cool fancy, like, just do everything. And it's like, well, let's pull it back. Let's just do simple. Simple is always best. It's, it's always true. the best way. So it's like, i just trying to kind of look at it from a designer's perspective. Um, but then also, I mean, you made a great point is you have to, just like with us, it's like we have that design knowledge to a degree. But at some point, we're like, you know what? I'm just kind of tired of trying and it not looking good. And we want to make sure that we have a professional come in, somebody who does this, who knows uh, the, you know, really the ins and outs of this to be able to actually make it look great, tie into the brand. Um, and and then honestly communicate 
whatever it is, you know, with that content, bring that value to that customer. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things I, I've noticed a lot is, um, especially with like Canva and those other tools, we see a lot of brands that are branching out. Um, and one of the things that we're seeing is with like fonts of just an, mm-hmm. an understanding of the importance of a font. And so I wondered if as a graphic designer, if you could speak to that is what is in a font um, and why isn't it important for businesses to be aware of the power of the fonts that they're using? Mm, that's good. Well, any designer will tell you fonts are important. We're font nerds. <laughs> you know, we can tell you like what the font on pretty much any like billboard or whatever is. Um, and as with many graphic design things, I would say, keep it simple. Mm. Um, you really can't go wrong with, a good, your good classic, like serif, sans serif, if you, if you stick to those, you're probably going to be okay. And like um, good comic sans, like oh just <laughs> really solid, you know. Did you see that Instagram um, added yes, comic sans yes. as one of their <sighs> story fonts? So here's a cry to the public and to you and your business. Please do not use a comic sans style of it. font. <laughs> Even though it looks fun, it's not... It's not. I have a, a funny story uh, about Comic Sans. Our um, one of the agencies I worked at. Our uh, I guess she was like the office manager. I'm not sure she had an <laughs> no. official title, but she did a lot of our like filing and a little bit of the bookkeeping and just like kind of kept the office you know organized. And she put Comic Sans on everything, like all the file folders and all of our little memos. And like within the office, I'm like, listen. And she she was also an elementary school teacher. Oh, like, she okay. worked a hard okay. time for yeah. us. And she was, you know, she like she was a very likable person, and we got along, so I never gave her a hard time. But then she put Comic Sans on an email out to clients. Yeesh. And Yikes. so I was giving her a hard time about it, and she was like, it's fun. She's like, these other fonts are so boring. And I'm like, but we have to be professional. <laughs> We're an agency. And she was just – she we went back and forth, and – she eventually told me she was like, "Font you." Uh, <laughs> Ooh, that's so a good one. We're that became, start using that around yeah, here. That became like a our our cheesy burn around yeah. the office after that, you know. Uh, yeah, and I don't think she awesome. ever stopped using it either. So <laughs> <laughs> didn't change so anything failed, at all. Basically. No, I failed. I failed. I mean, I don't think we ever had Comic Sans go out to clients again. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> nothing changed in the office. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So fonts being important, obviously communicating a message, communicating. Like, uh, that's a big deal because it really is. I mean, again, mm-hmm. we've we've had clients design their own stuff. Like, we'll send set up templates and do things for them. All of a sudden, we'll see some type of crazy post and they're like, yeah. you know, all kinds of – I'm not going to get into specifics. <laughs> but it is one of those things of, too, we want to help guide them and say, right. hey, we want to – we really want to protect your brand and want – and a lot of times they just don't know. It really yeah. – I mean, I didn't no, know, really you know, true. several years ago. And so um, how, how is that communicated? How important it is? To obviously stay within your, you know, how many fonts do you think are, are appropriate for a brand, brand to have? I would say two primary mm-hmm. and then a third um, maybe as an accent or maybe have a couple of different uh, like body copy types. Like maybe you have a serif and a sans serif. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely three, three is probably good. If you're a more advanced brand, you can get away with more. Um, and I definitely love a good ridiculous script or like a super chunky serif or something yeah. that's just a eensy bit hard to read, but like is like really beautiful. And in those instances, I would say let your designer decide how to apply that and use it very, very sparingly. Yeah. <laughs> so like if you have a really gorgeous serif, one of my clients, they, there's a I mean, there's a script mm-hmm. that is one of their main fonts, but we only oh, wow. use it for like one word 
on a headline. Interesting. You know, if it was a whole sentence, probably couldn't read. You really or, couldn't yeah, read it. Yeah. But it's beautiful when it's just like one word that we've you know pulled out of the headline to emphasize. Yeah. So you can do more complicated fonts, but if you're going to do that, you really need to do it sparingly, and your core fonts need to be very very simple. Yeah, I tend to jump on trends. You know, pretty heavy. And so I try to, I'm like, hey, we should try this out. We should try, I mean, because we're creating a bunch of content. So we're yeah. trying to get, stay ahead of the curve. If something new is coming out, I'm like, hey, let's figure out how to do that and make it our own. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that back in the day, I, do you know Eddie Vanzel at all? Um, we have some mutual designer. friends. Okay. Yeah. Great designer. He he did some of my first logos and stuff. And I was always like super heavy trending. He's like, I know you want this, but like in three years, you're going to hate it. He's right. like, just don't. So I think kind of keeping it simple, keeping like find your brand and, and stick with that style guy, stick with that brand guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a great point, actually. <laughs> That's a, the case for keeping all design simple is that it will stand the test of time much better. Yeah. And if you are going to throw trendy elements into your design and into your branding, make it something that e- can easily change. Like don't mm-hmm. make your logo super trendy and yeah. then have to change your whole logo. Yeah. You know, maybe you throw in some trendy elements that then can be refreshed in a couple of years. Nice. Good advice. <laughs> very good. Bring in the heat today. <laughs> Love so, it. Kind of going into our overall topic of presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give to particularly business owners who maybe are making a presentation deck? Um, they can utilize, as you have proven, a tool like PowerPoint, but how do they not look like they're stuck in the 90s? Um, well, <laughs> there are a lot of good templates out there that you can download to start from. Um, there are some free resources, but even on like Creative Market or Envato, you know, you can purchase like pretty affordable templates. And um, that's probably a great place to start. Like mm. I said, find something that looks like your brand, maybe download a template because what you'll find is you open that up and there's already a bunch of slides that are designed. So nice. And then you can pop in your images, you know, your text. Um, but the main thing with presentations is that less is more. Okay. And mm. this is a problem even I've, I've had with other creative people and even agencies mm. where they just want to say so much. They want to put so much copy on a slide. And... The, the whole point of a presentation is communication. It's not to be fancy. It's not to wow people with your artistic skills. You, uh, I mean, maybe a little bit, right? <laughs> I mean, depending I'm upon what, you know, <laughs> depending upon who you are, I guess. But, um, and if you don't communicate the message, it doesn't matter how pretty it is. Yeah. You've not accomplished your goal. Yeah. Right. And so um, anytime I have any kind of input on the content, I'm always slashing, like, most of the copy. And what yeah. you do is you, you put, you know, the one important statement – or maybe a couple of sentences and everything else you want to say, you put that in the presenter notes. So you still have it in front of you, but you have a really beautiful, visual, simple slide with the statement you want to get across. And then mm. everything else you reference in your notes, you talk your audience through it. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, when it's a, too much text, I mean, they just they're looking at that. They're trying to read it. They're not yep. listening to you. So what you are going to say and what is on the screen, it's really important. It has to work together. So. Less is more is my main piece of advice. So with that, um, we help uh, One Million Cups startup junkie here locally. One Million Cups is a, uh, an organization that basically brings entrepreneurs together. You present there every every Wednesday. And mm-hmm. so they, the goal is to like share one million cups of coffee um, across the world on one given morning. And so um, the thought is with that, too, we have uh, presenters all the time, right? They're always – 
somebody's always coming up and, and I've noticed even a, even a guy we had this morning, he was like, he was like, Oh, I just added too many slides in there. And so at least he was aware that he was trying to communicate a lot through that. Right. Um, but I think this is good advice for them too, where it's like, you don't have to have 25 slides. Like you don't have to constantly be going to the next thing and next thing and next thing. Um, but what, what do you think an appropriate amount of slides would be if somebody's doing a presentation? Oh, well, I mean, that all depends on, you know, how much you have to communicate and how much time you have to talk. (laughs) Um, But saying that, I mean, like 10 well-designed slides is better than 20 slides that have more information. Yeah. You know, Um, so if you're if you're talking for 30 minutes, you could probably get away with with 10 slides, I would think, especially if you're incorporating some some video and, and, you know, and images and stuff. Um, But yeah. It it gets crazy, too. I think people, when they're putting it together, again, they're not thinking about how they're going to be talking through it. And so they're like, oh, I have, this has to be in there and this has to be in there. And then when they get up to talk, it's like, oh, I can't get through all of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're speeding up and then, you know. Sure. I'm talking about myself here in this in my presentation <clears throat> yes. recently. I was just like, okay, we got to get through all this stuff. And then realizing like, wait, we have yeah. so much to cover. So much. And and even being able to understand like, hey, I probably don't have to cover all that. If it's going to make the presentation worse, like right. most of the time, those additional elements, unless they are like big cornerstones in your business that need to be stated, a lot of that, those details, that's a follow-up conversation and that right. should be you did a great presentation. People should want to talk to you and, right. and obviously have a conversation after the fact. And so. if you want to like have a leave behind, if it's the kind of presentation yes. where you're going to do a leave behind, then maybe you can do a more robust version that has like your bullet points and your notes mm-hmm. and, all, and all of that. But, you know, if it's going to be something that somebody's going to read later, that's a much different beast than people looking at you. And yeah. looking at a screen. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, more and more people are doing Zoom calls, Zoom presentations, mm-hmm. virtual presentations. Um, and that's something that we never really talk about. Yep. Something that I was actually kind of frustrated, like, morning of when we did a presentation here recently. I was like, we have no lead, we have no lead magnet to, like, be able to put them into a funnel, to even follow up with them. You know, there was nothing that, like, value we're giving after the fact. And that's so important, obviously. Got to have that uh, capabilities deck. Oh, man. <laughs> Man, so much good stuff from Nicole today. That's good. Absolutely. It's good. I'm glad right. somebody wants to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the deal. We can nerd out all day long. And I'm sure even our, our listeners, too. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, this is valuable information because we all are going through this right now, right? We're all trying to figure out design. We're trying to figure out presentation stuff. Uh, we want to do better. We want to communicate our message better. Um, and so I think this is this is great. So Yeah, it is really great. So one of the questions I had just for you, um, particularly before we close up, was mm-hmm. top tips you would give for business owners who are doing a little bit of graphic design. They may have gotten a Canva account and just what your top tips would be for them as they're starting out and that they can kind of use on a general daily basis. They're not going to be trying. We will say this to all of our clients. Do not design your own logo. Hire a graphic designer. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Do it. Yeah, That is the one that we always stop them and say, sorry. We, we hire a graphic designer for yeah. that. But um, yeah. yeah, what tips would you give for them that, you know, maybe they're just trying to do an Instagram post for today and um, they have some tools and everything, but they don't know how best to sometimes utilize their style guide. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to kind of reiterate what I've been saying all day, and that is keep it simple okay. mm-hmm. um, and and know your brand. Um, and I think if you if you kind of stick to stick stick to your brand, stick to your font, stick to your colors, stick to your looks, and also – Pick good images. 
And there's really no excuse these days. If you don't have, if you either don't have not done a photo shoot yet, have your own images, or you have some but not enough, like there are enough stock, either free or a very affordable stock sites yes. out there that like there's no excuse for you to be using like low res. I ripped this off Google Images. Yeah. Oh, please don't do that. Yeah. So <laughs> if you can, you know, and again, and, it, and it's going to take a little bit of a time investment to like go through and find those maybe 20 images that are going to communicate your brand. But if you have good images and you're sticking to your brand guidelines, then you'll be gr- doing great. Yeah. And also, if if you if you're just starting out and you're not even you haven't even done a logo yet, Oof. right? You're not like you're not sure. You're not ready for that. Um, I would say you can go on you can go on Pinterest. You can go on Dribble. You can go on a million sites to kind of look at what other brands have done to at least sort of like maybe you don't have any colors and you don't have any fonts mm-hmm. and you're not sure. Look at um, look at Apple, look at McDonald's, look at these big brands and see what they're doing and look at uh, brands that you like and what their color palettes are. And that, that way you at least have a jumping off point so that you can you can start picking a few things and choosing a few things. And then once you get to the point where you are ready to hire a designer to do your whole branding, you can show them yes. these things. You can say, well, this this I picked this and this is why and I like this brand and this is why. Um, and then you'll have a much more productive conversation and you will be more likely to get the professional brand that you're going to be happy with that reflects who you are. I just I love that. And I anytime we talk about de- with designers, mm-hmm. we're always like, don't you love it when somebody says, I want my logo to look like Starbucks, but also Nike. Like, I really <laughs> want that. And then you come back with something and they're like, well, it's nothing like what I wanted. Like, well, you're kind of comparing, like, having something already kind of designed and even a color palette or at least a general area where you're going is so, so helpful to a designer because, again, it's just, it's hard to know what you like and what you want and, you know, creating a mood board. Is that still a thing? Do we create mood boards? Okay, good. Sometimes, yeah. We have some for our clients, so yeah. That's true. Uh, My moody, do we have a mood board for Go Rogue that is very (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's like dark blacks needs to be dark or high contrast. We're like, Brian, we need to calm down. Okay, <laughs> keep it simple, man. Uh, down a notch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I think that that's great advice too, of even probably even before you're looking at hiring, does it like figure mm-hmm. out what you like, mm-hmm. what style you like. And then even again, somebody who's in your industry, because there's been so many people who go like a tech startup route uh, of, of some type of random name company that nobody really understands and doesn't mm-hmm. really fit your brand and what you're doing. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, we, we're a dog grooming place and you're like yeah but you have like a high modern end tech vibe you know that's something that you may like it but it may not fit your industry so Mm -hmm. figure those things out so i think it was great that's awesome (laughs) hey nicole second one down yeah we do a third one we need to figure out something else yeah so we talked about podcasts the first time we We talked about design this time yeah we're gonna do next time (laughs) i know hey send us in the uh the comments let us know exactly what uh what we need to talk with nicole about yeah give us your real quick your full range what what can you talk about where can we go with this? I mean, well, we could always talk about A24 horror yes! films. Yes. <laughs> okay. Make sure you guys send that one in. I That's might know happen. as much about horror films as I do about design. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. There, yes. Okay. Make, we're we're going to make it happen. It's going to happen, guys. But Nicole, I mean, you, you've got a large wheelhouse. Where can people find you and your other podcasts? We didn't even mention that you have a Disney podcast. Oh, it's yeah. true. It's true. So um, Disney Native is the name of the Disney podcast. And uh, I have a co-host on that one. We were both. Well, I'm not a pass holder anymore. No. We were both pass holders. So <laughs> all of. close enough, I guess. Yes. It was, yeah. Yes. So that whole podcast was basically like 
Disney World from a local's perspective. Okay. So, you know, we talked about uh, all the insider kind of knowledge that you have as somebody who lives there instead of, you know, just being a tourist. So that's always fun. That one's may, way more laid back, just kind of her and I having conversations. Um, it hasn't been as consistent mm-hmm. since I moved and because Disney just opened back yeah. up. So right. yeah. the last time she went to Disney was when the two of us went together in March. Wow. So, you know, that's a... That's a little bit of a slow go right now, but nobody <laughs> knows what's happening. So, like, yeah. all the Disney podcasts are like, okay, what do we talk about? <laughs> you know. Um, so, that one is Disney Native. You can find it um, on, you know, pretty much all the podcast apps and on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And then my baby that is just me that I do all on my own is Kuroskuro Horror. And I will let you guys link that in your show notes yes. Yes. because it's not easy to spell. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm like this. The name fits what the podcast is really perfectly, but it's also like not good for branding yeah. because it's not easy to spell. People are like, where do you find it? But um, Well, you have an amazing Instagram account, too. You use your design skills to make that look phenomenal. So I showed it off today to Abigail. I was like, oh, oh she's nice. got a killer oh, Insta. Like, you got to look at it. Yeah, nice. that's kind of like my experimental one, I kind of try things I wouldn't normally do for other brands yeah. on there. So, yeah, definitely find me on Instagram. Find me on Facebook. I have a Patreon. Um, so if you like horror films, give it a listen. And if you like it, yes. support me on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, thanks again for coming on the show. And uh, make sure you guys check out everything. We'll, all the all the links and everything will be there at GoRogueX.com on our blog. And uh, until next time, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you again. Thanks. All right. Are you ready for rapid fire, Lauren? I am ready for rapid fire. <laughs> are you ready for rapid fire, Nicole? I'm ready. All okay. right. Let's do this. What are you reading this month? Oh, geez. <laughs> um, you know, I have not picked up a new book yet, but I just finished Joyland by Stephen King. Oh, it's is that really a new fun. One? No, it's it's a one? few years old, okay. but it's perfect for this time of year because it's about a theme park. And this guy goes and works at this theme park where this horrible crime happened. But it trans- he works there in the summer, but it transitions to like the fall okay. towards the end of the book. Interesting. So. Okay. Great time to so read. So I've it. been purchasing um, books for my husband to read, and I've been just been choosing. He loves Stephen King. So that okay. might be. He hasn't read that one, so that sounds like a good one. That's the newest yeah. one that he has. That's he the just read The Institute, was the, the one Institute. that he okay. had read. And he, he was he liked it. I think he was a little disappointed in the ending. But. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, whatever. What about you, Lauren? What books? I am reading The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Okay. So it's like the, or I might have said it backwards, of songs and uh, songbirds and snakes. It's the prequel Hunger Games book. Oh. Yeah. So so if you are familiar with that franchise, the evil president, Snow, Mm -hmm. it's his story of how he became who he is. Doesn't he have a mentor or he mentors somebody? He's a mentor. And it's like back when the Hunger Games wasn't even like a thing. Like people didn't like to watch it. And it's like it's it's development. And it's like it's very interesting because it kind of goes into like the psychology of how do you control people and like him figuring that out. And it's like. And he's like a decent mm. human being. So I, I haven't finished it yet. So I haven't seen him like, you know, devolve. But <laughs> it's very interesting. I, I do not like prequels, but I actually really like this book. So nice. highly recommend it. Uh, so I literally started a book today. Let me guess. It's a nonfiction book. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's not <laughs> be kind of a given, but uh, based on our pastor's recommendation, Five Levels of Leadership by oh, okay. John Maxwell. And he was there like, you, you need to figure out how to dele- delegate better. Oh, I was like, dang. Okay. Here's a book. Here's a book. All right. <laughs> it's like, cool. All right. So I'm in it now, but I really want to find a non fiction type book because it's like, I want to make sure to get him. into it. I know. We can find it. I just got to find the time, too. If I'm doing another podcast, I mean, <laughs> I got invited to do another podcast by somebody else the other day. You should totally so. have Taylor co-host. That oh, would be gosh. hilarious. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Next rapid fire. Okay. Controversial question. Should movies wait to return to theaters or go directly to oh, streaming services? Goodness. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a little torn on this one. Mm. Um, I think if studios can wait, I think they should wait. Because that whole theater going experience is really mm-hmm. important, mm-hmm. and it's really important for certain films. Yeah, and we are rolling into spooky season, and when you go see a horror film, yeah. a certain type of horror film, it really, really makes a difference if you're in the audience with yeah. people, and you know people are like <gasps> gasping and like screaming and all of that stuff. Like yes. it just really adds to the experience. Um, that being said, you know there are I know financial <laughs> hurdles and such, and you know. I would rather see it on streaming than not see it at all. Sure. Or if it's like, well, you can see Candyman streaming now or you have to wait until 2021, I might say, okay, I'll want to see it streaming yeah. now. <laughs> so I don't know that I gave a really hard, clean answer, but there might I don't think that there is a clean answer yeah. to that one. What are I'm you kinda, thinking? I'm kind of split because with kids, it's like uh, we're not going to take them to the theater to see this. Mm-hmm. So like Trolls World Tour, yeah, that was like a big success because – it was still more than what I would pay for a movie to be streamed, but then we were able to pay like $5 more and buy it, which we would have probably bought it anyway too. Sure. And so that was kind of fun to kind of have that experience and not have to wait for yep. that to come out. Um, but I agree that like, so Tenet, I'm so excited to see. So Christopher Nolan's new movie. Oh, uh, yes. I do not ever want to see that in my home until I see it like five times in the theater. Sure. <laughs> uh, so that is kind of like, I agree. It's like there are certain movies that you really need to see in, in theaters. So you talk about people gasping. That brought back memories of Dr. Sleep and me like on the edge of my seat, like right. heavy panting as I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like things happen. I'm never like scared in movies, but it was like brought back all the yeah. shining memories. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, so this like just tense. feels. All the all the feels are happening. So sure, because anyway. I mean, I think I I saw a quiet place in my living room for the first time, and oh, I remember dude. this would have been such a different experience in a theater. It, yeah, yeah, you know, just seeing it with other people who were just as concerned if someone dropped their candy that we would have all died right then and there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. I mean, that was uh, definitely one. I I'm very much if they can wait. Um. I would love that. I mean, I know there's been a lot of controversy over like the Mulan release that's like $30 to see it in your house. I'm like, dang. I mean, I know it's going to stick around. Isn't it like the most expensive film Disney's made ever or like, I don't know. It's crazy. (laughs) It's just, it's, it's hard. Cause like, you're like, well, I want to see it. It was my favorite Disney princess as a little girl, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. do I want to pay $30? I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you do, you just need to get a, like, Several as many people as is safe to come to your home, yes. and then it'll be worth it, right? Because you all would have spent that much of the movies anyway. Oh, yeah. We had talked about that of doing like just a watch party, like, well, if we really do want to see it, we'll just all Venmo like five dollars, and then we'll just make it. Yeah, <laughs> it'll work. See, so. this is we we get creative yes. when we go. have to. Yes, so yeah. Anyways, but yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' take on that one. So. That was good. Yeah, awesome. Good questions. Let us know what you think too. We want to know. Yeah. 
All right. And we're out. Griffin, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. <laughs>